Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Armbar, the 1004th Wrestling Podcast. I am Todd Suliano, discording as per usual with old Colt Dixon over here, riding around, <laughs> spinning in my chair. Nothing wrong with that. There's a little nothing, nothing not fun about spinning in your chair when you can do that. <laughs> I can't because I'm in the kitchen and I'm in a dining room chair. Oh, <clears throat> well, you know, classic recording studio, I guess. The kitchen. That's true. I just don't want to work in the office anymore because it smells like dog. Oh, you should clean your dog. I'm just kidding. I, I know what you mean. I know what, exactly what you mean. It's a smell <clears throat> that you can't just get rid of. It is, and it is fucking awful. And I'm going to be upfront. I did not have a raw review or an impact review this week. Oh, that's all right. Because I, for, I forgot. No worries. It's happened before. Yes, it has. People forget things. Yeah, everyone uh, forgets things. I mean, I did watch Dynamite this week, so I—I ha- I mean, some wrestling was consumed. I'm trying to think if I watched anything else, wrestling-wise. I watched—I watched some wrestling this week, but it was—it was old stuff and like an NWO biography that came on A and E. Oh, I guess the, the pay-per-view, AEW Revolution, we didn't was in between episodes too, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah so we haven't talked about that. <laughs> we f- record the stupidest fucking schedule. It's <clears throat> so funny. I like the idea of us breaking news, not only only once, only twice a month, but also four days after we record. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, this would be, uh, when this airs, it'll be over a week after the pay-per-view. <laughs> what i'm talking about it's real timely people will already be they will have already forgotten about it they will have uh closed the book on it i thought it was a i thought it was a good show i saw one psychopath call it the greatest show of all time i couldn't figure out it was if it was like a troll or not but i think that's an extreme exaggeration i did watch the um the Brian Danielson MJF match. What? Well, not the whole thing. I watched the last five minutes because that's all that really matters in an Iron Man match. Oh come on, man! That match ruled. The whole story of it was great. And you missed the most. You missed controversial thing. Tequila Gate. Uh, I did see that. Yeah, that happened in actually very on and early on in the match. Man, that match was great. Actually, I want to say something real quick t- about. I'm that I'm not going to talk about the Tequila Gate because it's, everyone's it's, talked about it ad nauseum at this point, but. To be fair, there's no way he knew that was tequila. That's my only topic on yeah. it. Like, who the fuck has that I much mean, tequila I, in your glass? I am going to victim shame a little bit here. <laughs> I have inadvertently uh, splattered children with light tubes before, so... Yeah. It's wrestling. I, I know where he's coming from. It's, it's, it's wrestling. It happens. Shit happens. I think, I think the, uh, the woke mob... I'm just kidding. <laughs> Came after... Oh, whatever. Who gives a fuck? Um, I thought it was an amazing match. I think the best part about pro wrestling, and uh, Brian Danielson understands this because he's a genius, but we've all, we all know this because there's an award named after him that he won. <laughs> but that's true. he understands that wrestling is a medium, and it can be many genres. Wrestling doesn't always have to be action and comedy. Wrestling can be a tragedy. And that's the story he told on Sunday and then on Wednesday when he cut that amazing promo, that backstage after the show promo. God, it was perfect. And then I like that everybody on the reaction thread 
which of course will now be a very a week old. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. I'll stop being so meta about that. Uh, we're talking. We're talking about him going to Ring of Honor. That's ridiculous. Obviously, he meant home, home, and then he'll come back in a few months when it's time to feud with somebody else. They'll put him on ice, and then he'll come back for the next pay per view cycle yeah, or something. He's, he's not going to the fucking Ring of Honor. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, guys. I'll eat. Like, I'll eat uh, something stupid. <laughs> I'm pretty sure as much as he enjoyed the wrestling, I don't think he liked wrestling at the Thunderdome. And that's essentially what would happen if he wrestled at Ring of Honor. It's wrestling in the same building once every, like, four weeks. Yeah, there's no way he would want to do... He maybe... Maybe he'll show... I I bet he doesn't even show up at Supercard or Honor. I I, I just feel like he's, he's... He hasn't made it to any of the other Ring of Honor events. I don't... I don't know. Maybe he will, but I, d- I doubt it. I highly doubt it. Um, so the likely card for that. Oh well, you know what? Let's talk about. Well, yeah, let's 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 talk about the future for a little bit since that hasn't happened yet. I guess. I'm just rambling here since you. It's alright. I'll just. I'll, well, I'll make the. We'll go free flow tonight. Um. So I, I think the likely setup for at least a couple of matches for the uh, Ring of Honor pay-per-view are, um, will be Joe versus Mark Briscoe for the T-Fit television title. So I was wrong. Mark Briscoe, they don't trust with the world title, even though <laughs> they're not going to give him a sympathy world title run, they're going to give him a sympathy television title run, which, to be fair, he's never won that title either, I guess. So Yeah. Um, and then... So, give him the pure title. I want to see him as, like, a technical god. That would be fucking awesome. That would be such a good thing. He's He he really works the redneck kung fu gimmick more. I mean, I mean, even, yeah. I mean, even does it through a whole match or something. I love that that's getting viewed on national television occasionally. That makes me so happy. Also, let's talk about that he teamed with... Uh, my cat has kissed me. Let's talk about the <laughs> fact that he has teamed with... Um, uh, the Lucha Brothers. He's like stood in for Pac. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's, so that's bizarre. Oh man, that match was cool though. I didn't expect that. Uh, I wasn't. I didn't realize that was on the pre-show. It surprised me. Sorry, I'm all over the place. That's you're good. Um, you know my, what? I, my notes are a little weird. Also, <laughs> I will say in my ultimate review of uh, Revolution, I think the everyone that won a match was the correct winner um yeah i I feel like that that's the truth i mean like there's it was it was awesome that house of black won if they lost that match they would be fucking dead in the water i mean they 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 were dangerously close to it now they can bounce back uh they can reheat up they can kill the jericho appreciation society i guess um what else? Did you know before you continue oh, with that? Yeah. Next next week, mm-hmm. one week from this past Wednesday, one week from yesterday, next week will be one year of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah, they talked about it on uh, on uh, Dynamite. <laughs> oh well, fuck. But it seems it, like. How the fuck has it been a year of that? Uh, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Christina looked at me and basically said the same thing. <laughs> I think that's the. Um, I'll, I'll say it, I'll say it later after we're done recording. Oh, okay. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I'll put put a pin in it. <laughs> um, 
what else happened? Oh yeah, so revolution. All the right, all the right people won. Hangman beating Moxley. Uh, Moxley, that's perfect. I mean, that's, that's the perfect story because Moxley traditionally always loses Texas Death matches. That's he's he lost yeah. one to Archer, Lance Archer, and Lance Archer never wins a match. Um, so Moxley killed. I mean, uh, Hangman killed him, hung him to death, uh, and got the win. That was awesome. Cool match. Uh, you know what? Now he looks like a badass. Also, he come out, came out to like Ghost Riders in the Sky. That was fucking dope as shit. I like that he came out on Wednesday and helped Dark Order. Yeah, he looked like a badass running out there, and he like ignored them and like checked on Alex Reynolds before he did anything. It was cool. I thought that was a good segment. It didn't really bother me that Moxley was wrestling because the entire match they kept saying stuff like do you think he's 100 percent or whatever i don't know it was fine I mean, who gives a shit it was a trios match he's yeah. he, he did he had tapped out immediately when he was hung he wasn't in it for like a minute or whatever feasibly his like trachea has not been crushed and we know he's a crazy person uh and hangman st- was still in the segment so i guess it's full bcc if- heel turn if his trachea was crushed in that match and he didn't wrestle um, Wednesday, does that make him weaker than Triple H? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it. Do, I guess it would. <laughs> Man, I forgot about that. I actually have a weird Triple H thought that I uh, came to me earlier when I saw a post on Reddit about New Year's Revolution uh, or Resolution. I don't know what the pay per view is called. 2007, when he tore his quad in a match against Rated RKO. He's tore his quad twice in WWE. Both times have been in tag matches where he's competing for or defending the tag titles. Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, because the other one was that Raw match with uh, Benoit and Jericho and It's, it's Austin? a weird coincidence that it has never that it never happened in a singles match. Yeah, that's that is funny. You would, you would obviously you would think it would be more likely to happen in a singles match, but that's so strange or even like a longer like a multi-man match or something like a rumble yeah. or even like... just like walking out to the ring and trying to get into the ring or get tagged <laughs> in and walking across the ring yeah <laughs> you know your classic terrier quad situations <laughs> man the old the, the old vent squad action <clears throat> trying to think of so um, oh yeah ftr came back too that's that's yeah, thing. for now, because you know, FTR bald, he's gonna at some point he's gonna talk about how they're gonna leave in April <laughs> yeah. and go back to the dirt of E. I guess so. I guess he's like doing that on Twitter. It's uh, or his podcast or something. It's so stupid to me. I mean, at least it's not on the show. Uh, they're gonna go to XPW. <laughs> I mean, they might get on the MLW now that they're you know once they get off reels, <laughs> they're gonna try to get something else and then. I gotta turn off my space heater. I'm dying in here. That's probably a good thing. I mean, it's 54 degrees. It's not freezing. It's cold in my house, in my office, because it's like under a tree. Do you not have central heat? I do, but it still gets cold in my office. I mean, it's an old, it's an old house. It's like shitty. I mean, I'm, I'm, I wasn't judging. <laughs> I was just asking because, like, it gets it gets hot and or it gets cold in the office here. But um, so Sarah wants like the heat on a lot, but. I do not, because I don't get really, I don't get cold that easily. So, but I get hot really fucking quickly. That's why I use space heater a lot. That's a... I don't like space heaters. That's uh, a space heater is what caused the fire that killed my friend when I was nine. Oh yeah, well, 
you know, they they're probably safer than they were thirty years ago. I'm not thirty nine, you fuck. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. I couldn't do the math. I can only do math in, in tens, and that was closer than twenty. I guess it I'm wasn't actually than you for Christ's sake. Yeah, over like a month. <laughs> no, how, how old are you? I'm thirty three. Oh fuck! I thought you were born in eighty eight. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> When's your birthday? November? No, September. Okay. So. I'm younger than you by a good four months. Ooh, wowee. <laughs> spry young man yeah, here. You're ready for another run at the top. Uh, let me ask you. You, um. We should be attacking you're, you're, one wrestling. I'm sorry. Yeah. You. You like Jamie Hayter, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you. If, if you can see this picture I'm about to show you. This picture do anything for you sexually? Uh, I mean, it's a little pixelated. Uh, sexually, no. Uh, are we? T- well, I mean, not really. Can you see why people might think it's a sexual photo and would want to get it? I guess. I guess because of her facial expression, she's kind of doing like a, like a sexy, almost like a lip bite. I guess. Yeah, her tongue is sticking out. Oh. I'm only asking because this is a uh, her tr- new trading card. And this is a a parallel meaning it's a different different version of the card, and it's numbered. It's number two seventy seven out of two ninety nine. For whatever fucking reason, this card recently sold on eBay for three hundred and ten dollars. Oh, nice! It is not. It's not an autographed card. It's not. It's not like uh, a relic meaning a piece of merchandise attached to it or whatever. It, it's just a plain card with a red border that's kind of poppy. And $300 because people will want that card because they're attracted to the pose. Yeah, I mean, it's showing some butt, I guess. A little, little cheek, I, I guess. I don't know. I feel weird describing this card. Um, has any other, have we, are we checking, like, the other, like, lady wrestler cards variants? Are they selling for bukus of money because they're... Uh, they're they're not really. Hmm. That's that's it. That is surprising to me because I assume that there would be fans for everyone. She like I, I I hate to phrase it like this, but she's right now like the the hot act with the women division in AEW. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, she's like, and she like ah. I'm really kind of impressed with what they've done with her. I mean, it's not, like, perfect. It would be nice if, uh, well, I won't say impressed. Uh, that's That sounds a lot. I'm glad she's the champion, is the point. And she keeps winning matches and looking like a badass. So, at least they're, at least I'm she's, kinda, like, not being booked like a chump. I'm kind of glad in a weird way that um, Britt Baker is to her when MJF was to Cody. Oh, just like her, like, uh slimy hype person like oh yeah, yeah like a baby face to her but a heel to everybody else yeah kind of, yeah. yeah 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 i think that's a cool dynamic yeah i like that they're friends and i like that she's not even like really actively making too many eyes at the title yet i mean yeah, maybe i feel like that would be way too predictable if they did that yeah so i think it's cool it's nice a positive female friendship story which brit was already part of before too with her and rebel as well <laughs> positive female representation on television yeah which i guess they're keeping rebel off tv uh that was the rumor because she's a heel but i don't think that's fair i think she's so hilariously likable 
that I don't think I think they're just keeping her off TV because it's the AEW cycle. Oh, yeah, maybe she wanted to break t- off TV too. Maybe she was sick of going out there and just wanted to travel around and do makeup. I mean, fuck it. Maybe not everybody. I don't know. <laughs> Shit like that happens. Yeah. Um. So I mentioned earlier that I was I watched this AEW NWO biography. Oh, the oh, never... oh a that's right. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I thought you said AEW and then you said NWO. Maybe I did. Okay, maybe I did, but I meant A and E. Yeah. That, yeah. Um. Anyway, I think they're called. I think there's biography. Maybe it's just called. Yeah, it's called WWE Legends. Oh yeah. And they're yeah. in the. Th- they're in like the third season right now, I believe. And the NWO episode came on a couple weeks ago, and I watched it because I heard it was really good, and I saw some clips of it. And I was like, "Fuck, that actually looks good." Like. I've never seen any of the specials because I assumed they were essentially just like stories you've heard before. Yeah, and and in a way they are like all the NWO stuff. I've heard all this stuff before, but at the same time, it was just super interesting because it was <clears throat> they had archive footage of Scott Hall from like 2016, that Kevin Nash recent footage, Eric Bischoff they interviewed um, Hulk Hogan, Bischoff, X Pac. Scott Hall, Kevin Nashwart, and everything. And there was a part of it that was fucking weird, and it just shows kind of how much of a liar Hulk Hogan is. Uh, everyone is a is familiar with Starcade 1997. I'd say you're familiar with that pay-per-view. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and the finish for the main event being, like, Hogan does a leg drop, Nick Patrick does a regular count to three, and then Bret Hart comes out and says, it's happened once, it's not going to happen again. And seven-year-old me's left her going, what? What's, what happened? What's not going to happen again? And then the match restarts and Bret Hart calls the bell because he was a referee earlier in the night that gave him referee powers for the rest of the people. That's how, that's how it works. Everyone is aware. <laughs> Everyone is aware of that. But in this, they talked about the finish to this on the, on the special. And Eric Bischoff says that Nick Patrick was supposed to do a fast count, but for some reason he did not. Hulk Hogan said that Sting was supposed to kick out of the leg drop, but did not. And personally, I believe Eric Bischoff. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, on this one, I definitely do. (laughs) There is nothing about that whole thing that makes me think, oh... Bischoff is a liar. Sting was supposed to kick out, and for some reason he didn't. He wanted to make his character in that match that was built up for over a year look like shit. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. Sting Sting felt in his heart to put over the leg drop. He didn't want to. He didn't want to uh, ruin the business here on on poor Hogan and and ruin his finisher. <laughs> it, it's just like if if you. Um have a way to watch it i i honestly recommend you check it out because it, it's really good yeah i'll try to it's, maybe I'll, it, what is it on it's not on the network i assume no um i think maybe some of them are but i'm not sure i know you can i'm sure you can easily find it online yeah i'll just uh yeah probably just google what it's called plus the word streaming (laughs) and watch it that must have been that must have been where i so i saw a clip the other day of them talking about the uh the run-in at wrestlemania 31 and there was like all this uh voiceover footage of it or something and they were talking about it Uh, 
No, they the, didn't talk about it. They didn't talk about that. Oh shit! Wonder where that was from. I don't think so. Maybe they did, and I just completely zoned out on that one. I don't know. It was kind of funny. They it was they were just talking about like uh, Billy Billy Gunn completely bodying Kevin Nash over. (laughs) (laughs) The weird part about that was like X Pac coming out with DX, (laughs) and he had to like beat up his his best friends because they were trying to beat up his best friend. Yeah, it was. The, the NWF, I don't want to talk about that match. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> you know what you want to do, though, don't you? Uh, I'm not sure. What do I want to do? I think you want to play W Energy's favorite game show called Can Colt Guess the Pay-Per-View on this week's edition of Armbar the 1000 and 4th Greatest Wrestling Podcast. That's not what the name of this podcast. Yeah, maybe it is now. <laughs> We've leveled up the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We are no longer the All Atlantic Championship podcast. Presented by I want to thank Dubby. <laughs> yeah. Dubby.gg. Go there and use promo code ARMBARPOD to save 10% on all of your Dubby purchases and whatever that means. You know, buy some energy powder. Buy a shaker. Buy some coat. No, don't. Um, buy Just buy some energy drink. He said he was about to say coats. Sh- coats and jackets. They probably have merch. Yeah. They probably sell it at Burlington W Factory. <laughs> anyway, go to Burlington.gg. Nope. W.gg. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> W.gg. My bad. And, you know, fucking, I don't know. Use our promo code. Save 10%. Save me some fucking money. Yeah. Who doesn't like saving money? Do it so we can, you can go to- raise our families. <laughs> Yeah, do it so we can afford Zoom again. <laughs> <laughs> do it um, so we can afford yeah. Fight Plus. They raised the price. <laughs> we're not sure if we're oh, going to be they? able to afford it for the collective. Yeah, it's like $8 now because they added the stupid... Uh... Oh, sorry, let's continue the ad and then we'll... Or is the ad over? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the ad's over. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they raised it because they added the stupid bare knuckle fighting. Oh, that's fucking stupid. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Or I got an email about it, actually. I get their marketing emails, and I haven't ever unsubbed for some reason. Mm, Now I don't know if I get it. And I read them every time. (laughs) That's that's why. Man. It's the subject line. They check the sent folder, and they they check the sent (laughs) folder, and it says unread by you. I'm like, well, he doesn't read them anymore. We've got to stop sending them. Ugh. You ready to guess this pay-per-view? Oh, yes, let's go. Okay, this pay-per-view is a... It, it, it is a pay-per-view, I'll tell you that much. Oh, yeah. The opening contest for the WWE Tag Team Titles. You have M&M, Mercury, and Nitro with Molina versus Brian Kendrick and Paul London, a.k.a. the Hooligans, even though that was never their WWE name. That's just what they call themselves and what the fans called them. Oh. <laughs> and a singles match, Finley versus Chris Benoit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Singles match, Jillian versus Molina. I'm sure that was a five-star classic. Oof. I wonder if that was when Jillian had the, uh, the mole, the nasty, weird mole. I don't know. Who knows, I, man. Who knows? I guess we'll find out. This is feels like it's a SmackDown pay per view, though. I think. Who Who knows? Next match: WWE Cruiserweight Championship 
championship match. Gregory Helms versus Super Crazy. Any guesses? It's I think it's a it's a two thousand six pay per view, but I think that it or two thousand five pay per view, but I think I don't remember the name of any in the SmackDown pay per views. Next match, so. singles match, Mark Henry versus Kurt Angle. Oh Lord. Uh what if it's I don't know, Judgment Day two thousand five. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Mm, inc- incorrect. Next matchup is Booker T versus Bobby Lashley. Oh no. Um maybe it's like oh, that was a raw pay per view. Was it I don't know. Keep going. Next match is a singles match: The Undertaker versus The Great Kali. Oh, oh shit! Is this Great American Bash, uh, two thousand five? This is not Great American Bash two thousand five. You got one more guess, and it's the main event for the World Heavyweight Championship: Rey Mysterio versus JBL. Um, then it is, I'm tr- Vengeance 2005, I don't know, I have no idea. It, it is Judgment Day 2006. Oh shit, it was a Judgment Day. <laughs> it was a Judgment Day. Fuck. The theme song for that pay-per-view was This Fire Burns by Killswitch Engage, which was Randy Orton's theme song and also CM Punk's theme song. That's right. They had it for that CD, and they wanted to... They just used that song forever. I was so tickled when when they repurposed it for CM Punk. So, um, I was looking... When I was trying to find pay-per-views, this time I searched by looking at Kurt Angle. And I, I realized I had never looked to see what his last match in WWE was in 2006. Do you, are you, do you know what it was? No, I have no clue. I think it would have been in ECW, but I don't know who he would it, have wrestled. It was in ECW. And, his, <clears throat> excuse me, his last TV match was against Sabu. They went 14 minutes, no contest. His last Damn. match in, in, as a regular WWE performer was at an ECW house show in Salisbury, Maryland where he defeated Danny Doring. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> you, think, you think after he uh, tapped him out, with the, he was just like headed, headed to the back, grabbed his paycheck and said, I'm out. I'm going home, boys. <laughs> I hope so. It's like Danny Doring holds Kurt Angle's last r- real match in WWE as an active performer. Well, I mean, oh yeah, okay, yeah, that's true. And I, as I was looking at this, I was thinking about the fact that I went to an ECW house show in 2006 with some friends of mine, and I and I couldn't remember all of that card, and I found it. Would you like to know the card for that house show I went to? I would love to know what it was. And the opening match was Balls Mahoney defeating Renee Dupree. <laughs> okay. 
And the next match is a tag team match. The FBI, Little Guido, and Tony Mamaluke defeated Derek Nierkirk and Ryan O'Reilly. Their tag team name at the time was the O'Reilly Factor. <laughs> cool. The next match, um, making his house show loop debut, was CM Punk defeating Kevin Thorne. Oh, that's pretty cool. I'm glad he got the win. Yeah. He beat a vampire. Yeah. That's pretty badass. The next match was the Sandman defeating Mike Knox. And then uh, an Extreme Rules match. Tess defeated uh, Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> oh, wow. Man, that was pretty close. That's that's cool that you got to see Tess. Uh, Kurt Angle defeated Rob Van Dam, who was in back in only his second match since the suspension for when he got busted for weed. That's pretty sweet. And in the main event, Big Show defeated Sabu. And I have some memories from the show I'd like to talk, talk to you about, from probably from each match, honestly. Oh, wow. Uh, Balls Mahoney defeated Rene Dupree. Uh, JR, Jesse, and I were super excited to see Balls Mahoney. We were huge ECW fans, huge Balls Mahoney fans. Super fucking excited to see Balls Mahoney. We were doing the Balls chant with him with the punches and everything. Um, at intermission, I went... Me and JR walked around and we saw a side door where um, we saw Balls Mahoney outside. And we opened the door and he was sitting there with a security guard. And some more fans came out and Balls Mahoney was like taking pictures, signing autographs. And Renee Dupree came out and tapped me on the shoulder and said, that guy right there is a real piece of shit. And then turned around and left. And to this day... I am still confused why he told me that. <laughs> That's awesome. He decided to make your day, and uh, he lit up for you, I guess. If I if I ever meet him, I'm, I'm going to ask him why he told me that. He'll be like, do you remember me? <laughs> <laughs> um, FBI versus Derek Nierkirk, or however you say his name, and Ryan O'Reilly. First of all, I found out today that Ryan O'Reilly is... Connor from the Ascension. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> yes. Um, I found that out today, and it completely blew my fucking mind. Anyway, when the FBI came out, they were wearing their ECW FBI baseball jerseys, and they walked right by. We were front row, so they walked right by us. And when Tony Mamalik passed us. I looked over at JR and I said, he smells really good. He smells like coconuts. <laughs> and the entire time that the O'Reilly Factor were in the ring, their corner was right by where we were. So anytime they were out like in the corner, whoever was out there, we were just talking mad, just 16-year-old shit to them <laughs> because we did not like them because they were not ECW guys. We were chanting, get the fuck out to him. You can't wrestle. Go home. You suck. All this shit to him. To the point that we were chanting, you suck. And one of the dudes, I don't think it was Connor. It was the other dude. Before he slid in the ring, looked over at Jesse and goes, your mama sucks, bitch. And slid in the ring. <laughs> Got his ass. <laughs> like, they, we, 
I really think we got under their skin, and they did not like us. Man, yeah, you made their night hard. They're they remember that forever. <laughs> Connor probably thinks about that all the time. <laughs> CM Punk versus Kevin Thorne. At one point during the match, right before the lockup, there was people on the opposite side of the of the ring. They started chanting, "We want Cabana," and Punk before he locked up. He looked at Kevin Thorne and he mouthed, "We want Cabana," and then they locked up. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kevin Thorne threw him, threw Punk into the uh, the turnbuckle post and did like he did the little gimmick where you like go belly first underneath the bottom rope and hit the hit it. And I had my disposable camera, so I took a picture. And before I did, I said, "Punk, smile!" And he looked up at me, so I got a picture of him somewhere in my house of just Punk staring at me. Wondering what the fuck I'm doing as I take a picture of him when he's supposed to be selling. Man, I hope you can find that picture. That'd be so cool. Yeah. You should get a print of it. <laughs> Sandman versus Mike Knox. Sandman came out, and at that point, I did not drink. I was 16. I was straight edge. In fact, I actually wasn't straight edge. I was just following the law. But um, I didn't drink. But I always said that if I ever was at a show that Sandman was on, and he came by with the beer and was pouring it near me, I'm going to drink it. He came out with the beer, was pouring it to whoever would come up to him. He did not reach me by the time the beer was done. Instead, he gave his empty beer can to a little kid and then went to the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> did he come out to his shitty song or because it was a house show? Yeah, oh. he came out to that one. Sad. The next matchup, uh, the next matchup was a bikini contest between Francine and Kelly Kelly. And um, during the when Kelly Kelly was Kelly Kelly was like nineteen, yeah, and the crowd was trying its best to be an ECW crowd. People were chanting, uh, "You're a crack whore to her." Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and Francine came out, and I was rooting for her because I was a fucking big Shane Douglas Triple Threat fan, and uh, Jerry Lawler was the guest referee for it. <laughs> and I read today. That before Lawler was announced for that show, the day before the show, only 300 tickets were sold. Lawler was announced for, and then 500 more tickets were sold immediately. That's a draw right there, folks. That's what they call them right there. <laughs> yeah, this show was in Jackson, Tennessee, by the way. Damn. Where, where? This is a side note. I googled. Was it at the Omen like, Arena? It, it was at the Omen <laughs> Arena. I saw Jack White. I there. googled. What can you do in Jackson, Tennessee? Because <laughs> we were going to get there early. What was this, 2006? Yeah, 2006. That... On the fucking Jackson, Tennessee government website, they recommended that you could go whale watching in Jackson, Tennessee. What? <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> and we were all so fucking confused by that. What a weird joke. <laughs> Uh, next match is Test versus Tommy Dreamer. Jesse at the time was wearing a Teddy Hart shirt that had a Canadian flag on it because he was a big Teddy Hart fan. I'd like to believe he's not anymore. But um, he, Jesse would, would hopefully talk about him in this upcoming segment that we're doing. But Test versus Tommy Dreamer, I took a lot of pictures. There's a bunch of pictures on Jesse's Facebook page of Test inches away from Jesse's face. As he's telling him to take that fucking shirt off, and Jesse was just yelling about him, "Come take it off, me, you dumb bitch!" <laughs> and, 
Um, yeah, so there's a great picture online of Test right in Jesse's face, and Jesse just not backing down from him. Next match was Kurt Angle versus RVD. I don't have any story for that match. I just remember you being super excited about seeing RVD and seeing Kurt Angle. Because this is when Kurt Angle was doing the whole wrestling machine gimmick. Yeah, he was awesome then. Yeah. Which was ironic because, like, uh, maybe not ironic here, coincidental. I, at the, when I was there, I was wearing a um, uh, Austin Neri shirt. Oh. It was his Ring of Honor shirt. Yeah. And it said wrestling machine on the back because that was his gimmick. And Kurt Angle was just the wrestling machine also. Gimmick and The main event, was big, main event was Big Show versus Sabu. And um, Big Show got in my face because I called him a big bitch. <laughs> nice, nice. And um, I realized that me at 6'5 and him at 7 foot, it's not that much of a height difference. Although it is, it still wasn't. It didn't seem like it was that big when I was right there face-to-face with him because instead of looking up at him, I was just kind of like glancing up. Yeah. And it made it seem like a lot less scary to me, like he could kill me. He always seemed a lot less scary to me when at the SmackDown taping he couldn't flip over that big Hummer and they had to they had to use a jack to flip it over. Yeah. And they edited it on television and made it look like he flipped it over. Ruined wrestling yeah. for me as a as a kid. <laughs> after Fuck the you, show, show. Uh, after the show, we went out to the in the parking lot, and uh, my brother and Jesse saw Kelly Kelly, and they ran over to her. I saw Tommy Dreamer and Sandman and Boz Mahoney, so Jr. and I ran to them instead of the nineteen year old girl. And um, Jesse, I walked by Jesse and Kelly Kelly right as I heard him go, "Don't worry, we don't really think you're a crack whore." Oh. <laughs> I bet that made her night. <laughs> um, I still have my pictures with Balls Mahoney, Tommy Dreamer. Sandman, I have my autograph of Sandman and Tommy Dreamer somewhere. Boz Mahoney, um, after Rene Dupree talked shit to me about him, security told him that we can't be there, so he was just walking around smoking a cigarette. He told me he told me and JR to come with him. So Boz Mahoney and I were just walking in the parking lot talking about Austin Aries because he liked my shirt. He complimented me on it, talking about how great of a wrestler he is. So we were just talking for like three minutes about Austin Aries, how great of a, great of a wrestler he is. Well, JR is in the background marking out that I'm just having a casual conversation with Balls Mahoney. And then Balls Mahoney sees this shirt that JR is wearing. It's a serial killer with a serial spoon on it. And he looks right at him and he goes, that's a poser shirt. And then just keeps talking to me. <laughs> and JR just was so fucking defeated that, like, <laughs> the next time we did, like, a backyard wrestling thing, he cut a promo saying how he's not a poser anymore and then he went to TJ Maxx and bought like dress shirts and wrestled on that for a bit <laughs> that's amazing god Balls Mahoney wrecked him wrecked, that's so sad that would have yeah, destroyed me too show. That's, that's my story about an ECW show I went to in 2006 that's beautiful thank you 10 out of 10 I think about that show a lot that's like the ones like that story in this Raw House show I went to in 2005 where I was singing Rob Conway's theme music to him and he looked over at me and pointed at me and uh, Snitsky got thrown into the guardrail and JR yelled out, Snitsky, 
I like what you do to babies. <laughs> <laughs> and Snisky just stopped selling and looked up at JR. Like, what the fuck did you just say? And uh, Shawn Michaels kicked a bucket of Carlitos apples into the crowd, and I caught one and ate it, and it was a delicious apple. Oh, I think I was at that show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Maybe. I, I, I kind of remember that segment. That's funny. Uh, Kurt Angle only wrestled Sabu once, I'm surprised to note. That's very sad. Uh, I feel like they would yeah. should have wrestled more times. Speaking of ECW, um, 2K23, WWE 2K23, you know, the John Cena showcase mode. Oh, yeah. You wrestle as people who have beaten him, and the object is to beat him. However, when you wrestle, this is the only one I've seen, if you wrestle as RVD in one night stand and you lose to John Cena, the animation that plays will show Cena celebrating until the ref makes him stop and leave immediately before a riot breaks out. That's pretty funny. I like that they. I, I sort of love that they did like game over animations. Uh, I always find it really funny when a game takes the opportunity to do that. Like Resident Evil Four, for example, is a, is a good one because especially since the remake demo is out. And speaking of wrestling, I have a Jay White to WWE pitch. Oh, all right, <laughs> let's do it. And I, I'm just. I'm. I guess I'm just have uh, settled in that he's gonna. It's just going to happen. Okay. Uh, this past Monday on Raw, it was set up for Austin Theory to wrestle John Cena at WrestleMania for the United States title. They had a hell of a promo back and forth where Cena just essentially buried the fuck out of him. And um, I believe the best way to debut Jay White is to have John Cena defeat Austin Theory at WrestleMania. Raw Monday, he does the U.S. Open Challenge. Jay White debuts, beats him clean. Interesting. Yeah, that could be fun. Except I want Jay I White think, to cheat. <laughs> but yeah. I, th- I think I think if he beats him clean, it makes him look better. Like the same way Kevin Owens beat him clean. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's got to outwit him. He's got to... Man, man, that that way you have him... You, that way you have him come in... And he's seen as a legitimate person because he beat he beat the WWE guy. And he's not brought in as like fodder to the good brothers. I wanna see John Cena and uh Jay White wrestle a forty minute match. I wanna see <laughs> I would watch well, that. I'm I sure would, it would be I'll, good. I would buy that pay per view. Yo, no, I wasn't being like sarcastic i would uh johnson john that would, it would be a, an amazing match <laughs> and i was watching um a, something really fucking weird i was watching someone posted the takamishinoku versus triple h uh wwf title match from raw from like 2000 on reddit just that match and i've seen that match so many times because as a kid i was like taka's gonna win apa's out there with them taka's gonna fucking win because at the time, Triple H, for whatever reason, he would occasionally put on matches against smaller guys and wouldn't squash them. He would actually make it look competitive and make it seem like they could win. Like, he had a great match on Heat against Maven. <laughs> Maven. On fucking Heat. In 2004, the height of Triple H's burials, he had a great match against Maven. He, he had a great match against Taka on Raw in 2000. And... 
Kai and Tai came out with the APA. They hired the APA to protect them during the match. And one thing that made me made me think, and it's what I want to talk about, I feel like APA are a forgotten team because they were not one of the TLC teams. Yeah, that's. I feel like that. That's true. I, they're they're his not history, but like they've sort of started fading into the background. They, I feel like they did used to be known more. They. I mean, they definitely were. It's not that they're not a known team, mm-hmm. but they're not one of the teams that people quickly name when they think the Attitude Era. Yeah, they've sort of faded in the background as people don't really like look back on their matches and stuff like that. I guess very fondly and things. Yeah, people people always say like. ENC, the Dudleys, the Hardys, and then they'll they may say too cool, and then they'll say um, APA. I think about that. God damn it! I've dropped my phone again. I think about the APA all the time uh, because they were uh, they two on one two on one to me all the fucking time in the No Mercy story mode. <laughs> oh yeah, that sucks. They so were much. so goddamn hard, constantly trying to throw for uh, alternating between throwing Farouk and Bradshaw out of the ring and taunting and trying to hit him with my finisher. <laughs> uh, so I do. Th- I think about the APA like more than most people probably. <laughs> But like they weren't forgotten, like they they weren't there because they were, they were constantly on TV. Yeah, no, that's true. They yeah, had, they brought back them. They've done been in every retro Raw or whatever. They had WrestleMania matches. Mm-hmm. They had matches at the Big Four pay per views. Like they wrestled the Outlaws for the um, for the tag titles at Royal Rumble two thousand. But because they weren't one of the teams doing the TLC matches, they're just not. Fuck, I forgot about the New Age Outlaws when you say, like, Attitude Era teams. But um, they're not one of the teams that people immediately draw to when they think about that era. And that's a fucking shame, because at the time, they were, like, the baddest motherfuckers. And I do not understand, to this day, I don't understand, excuse me, why they were not a part of The Undertaker when Undertaker was the American Badass. Because it seems like that would have fit really well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because they they would have they sort of had similar both like a uh, biker gimmicks. I mean, like bar brawler badass gimmicks, and they already yeah. had that previous association. Yeah, that makes sense. They should have been the team that they used at uh, WrestleMania 19 instead of uh, fucking Nathan Jones and <laughs> whatever. Yeah. They should have been. Um... To me, they should have been more prominent in, like, the invasion angle. Yeah, they... Yeah, that's true. That would have been cool. Like, they... They should have been, like, hired by both sides. Sorry. They pushed, uh, as a tag team, Billy Gunn and Big Show over APA. So stupid. Shoguns. God. (laughs) Okay, do you want to talk about this segment that I mentioned earlier? few days ago yes yeah we're gonna do this this isn't gonna be a recurring thing this is just something i wanted to talk about it's called hate the man love the wrestler where you can discuss a wrestler that you like but excuse me on a personal level you do not like the person playing the wrestler and i want to start this off with kane i feel like um he doesn't have a lot of fans in the IWC. Glenn Jacobs. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kane, as a wrestler, Kane is uh, probably the second best big man WWE WWE has have ever produced, but uh, like right under the Undertaker. And he's arguably on the Mount Rushmore of best big men of all time and all of wrestling. <clears throat> but Glenn Jacobs, um, <sighs> is just an anti-vax piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he he does suck. He sucks a lot, actually. It's uh, it's cool that he's the mayor of Knox County. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's so stupid. I think it's ridiculous that uh, Derby brought him into SummerSlam last year when they were in Nashville. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they don't give a shit. <laughs> no. They're, they're bastards. It just... I don't... Like, Kane, the, the wrestler Kane, the character Kane, one of my favorites, all time. One of the things that I love to do when I just want to watch a moment of wrestling is I'll go to YouTube and I'll look up Kane returns any of his returns from like 2000 to 2012 were all great his 2011 or 12 return whenever it was when he came out and he had a mask on for the first time in 9 years was incredible he, it was just really fucking cool to see. He was one of the first wrestlers that really hooked me. Uh, I was always fascinated by him in the video games, of course. Um, and then uh, when I started watching on Raw, it was, um, you know, he was do- it was in two thousand three, so he was he was uh, he was freshly unmasked. They were still kind of in the middle of that storyline, and um, he was feuding with Shane McMahon at the time, and it was it was awesome. I mean, he was killing yeah. him. He looked like a monster. He was a total psychopath. He came out to this really cool, like uh, kind of like heavy metal song with like well, finger eleven, like, yeah, <laughs> this like gothy like rock and roll song. I fucking love that song so much. Uh, yeah, and it's on Spotify because it was on the Punisher soundtrack. <laughs> Fucking Finger Eleven. Hope they're doing pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I hope they're doing. Yeah, he. I miss new metal. He well, or, or that whole era of, of shitty music. That wasn't technically that wasn't yeah. new metal, but I miss like that. Uh, they don't make them like they used to. Yeah, he was awesome. Grandpa. I loved his towel. I was sad when the. And a couple of the GameCube games, they didn't have the slow chemical theme. They were always, like, off. Like, Kane attire was always wrong every year. Like, they for a long time, they had him in his vest when he was wrestling shirtless. It was sad. Yeah. The forums were upset about it. I remember in No Mercy, you could take his mask off. And I did that pretty often. Uh, when he unmasked, I just wanted to give him, like, a custom attire. And there was, like, a tire where you... Uh, there was like fire pants that weren't cane pants. There was like a fire jacket, mm-hmm. and I put him in that with his mask off and gave him like a new gimmick. <laughs> nice. But yeah, uh, he is just if you if you want to watch good shit, watch some cane return videos. <laughs> like in two in two thousand twelve when he came out, and his like uh, welding helmet is what I'm I refer to it as. Chokeslam, John Cena, music hits. His, his his theme music at that time was like a remix of his original theme song. And then he takes the welding mask off right when the music 
the beat drops and he has a mask on again like a regular cane mask on and the crowd goes fucking crazy over that visual <laughs> the the only return that I did not care for was when he returned in 2002 and he was the uh, the big red American and he came out and helped Booker T and Goldust defeat the Canadians <laughs> and, and then he did a spin rooney <laughs> oh yeah that was the yeah that's the that's the cool cane that was also involved in uh that awesome uh backstage hardcore brawl at uh wrestlemania 17 kind of i guess he wasn't that american then but he had some no that was 2001 yeah oh uh, he wrestled who did this he... was 2002 when he came when he came back oh, yeah he wrestled kane on that or uh kurt angle on that wrestlemania yeah i remember that but yeah um glenn jacobs i do not care for glenn jacobs Kane, I love Kane. I will buy a Kane T-shirt, but I will never donate money to Glenn Jacobs. <laughs> and this, this by the way, this segment is not a way for us to be like, you know, I hate Chris Benoit, but I'm such a huge fan of his as a wrestler. It's like, no, I'm not a fan of Chris Benoit whatsoever anymore. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I was trying to think of who... I, I was almost going to see... You know, yeah, you say not a fan of anymore. I don't know who... Then in that case, that kind of changes it. I actually was thinking about saying Austin Aries, especially because you brought him up, but I'm not really a fan of his anymore, unfortunately. I mean, you don't have to you don't have to necessarily be a fan of his anymore, but you can still like him as a wrestler. Yeah, it's I mean... It's not like I'm a fan of Kane anymore. He's not <laughs> on TV every week. I can't think of any specific matches I've watched recently, but every once in a while when I'll go back and watch a lot of, a lot of the old uh, Ring of Honor DVDs I own, like, he's always a standout on those shows. And I really liked his, like, impact run where he, when he was being pushed as a main eventer right before he threw a tantrum and no-sold uh, Johnny uh, Impact's finish and, like, walked off yeah, the pay-per-view. Like, what a bitch. That was his, that was his second time as a main eventer in Impact. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, yeah, I didn't get to watch his first time when he was doing the double A, but by all accounts, that was all great television, too. Well, that Because he did the plan B thing, right? And then he won the championship. <laughs> yeah, he ab- he aborted the X Division <laughs> title and got the world title. It's not an abortion drug, but yes. <laughs> <clears throat> well, we... <laughs> but yes, it's a day after. It's a... It's it's just a stupid name, like not. not I know, the, I know, not the, I know, not the Plan B pill, but like the whole. I got Plan B in my back pocket. It's like, <laughs> just say it's a money in the bank and you're cashing in. Yeah, you know, you can't call it that. It's. <clears throat> I think it's so funny that New Japan just gives them a briefcase when when they won the G one just because they needed a prop. That's <laughs> so stupid. Like yeah, and fucking. AEW has a, a golden ring. God, that sucks too. But whatever. <laughs> so stupid i love it i love that they stick with it man hold on i forgot to talk about one more thing on dynamite which was that that awkward that that amazing level up segment well we had i would joked about it but where he was talking about the belt leveling up um i love that jeff jarrett isn't like was just part of that that's my favorite part i fucking hope jeff jarrett wins it's possible it could happen this is going to sound bad, but I often forget that that title even existed. 
<laughs> well, if you watch Dynamite, he's defended it. <laughs> he's de- well, he's defended like every week, and I and like I get that, but that's not. It, it, it never seems like that's an important title in AEW. It's a uh, yeah. It's kind of like the open. It's just like a a match title. Basically, he just like fights it. Everybody's like, "Hey, I want to do that." And he's like, "Yeah, I'll fight you." And then he fights him. Uh, and then he op- basically he's just the uh, hot N- crowd NXT- opener. But man, NXT did a really cool thing with the um, open challenge for the <clears throat> North American title on like last week's or two weeks ago's episode. I can't remember what it was. Uh, instead of the champion being in the ring and then someone's music hitting, champion was in the ring, called people out, called anyone out. And instead of someone coming out, they showed a backstage vignette of all the wrestlers fighting each other, trying to get out at the curtain before anyone else could. That's a fun idea. I'm surprised I haven't seen that more done more often. I like that. Like That, that seems like a better idea than just like someone conveniently just waiting in Gorilla. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty silly. They did a they did sort of a mildly funny take on that actually on Dynamite where they did the Ricky Starks had his contract and then Jericho was like came out and was like I'm not gonna sign it but you know fuck you <laughs> whatever but then yeah. P- Peter Avalon came out to sign it and he was like fuck it I'll I'll do it then <laughs> but then he died so, but who's your who's your hate the man love the wrestler well I did say I mean well I was talking about Austin Aries there like for a second i mean i was serious like i i do love him as a wrestler like uh, i enjoyed his his uh, ring of honor run and things like that there's so you know i was thinking that's that's about that's pretty much my pick otherwise i'll say this i'll say this real quick when he beat Cole cabana in that cage match when the title was on the line i i wanted to cry <laughs> i thought cabana had it yeah, that's sad. <laughs> I don't know. So, um, before we get going, I want to do a We Are Not Sports Entertained sec- uh, segment real quick. Because this is just infuriating to me. Let's talk about McDonald's. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I don't mean infuriated that Shamrock Shake is back but their ice cream machines don't work or anything like that. I'm talking about the fact that right now, or maybe not anymore, but recently they had the Cardi B and Offset Mill. And, excuse me, the reason why this infuriates me is because they've done this before. Where they did like a BTS Mill, I want to say they did a Jonas Brother Mill, a Travis Scott Mill, all this shit. Yeah. The BTS meal was funny because it's funny to imagine all like nine of them being like, "Yes, we all order the same thing at McDonald's." <laughs> See, the thing that infuriates me about these whole meals is that there's nothing special about them. The Cardi B and Offset meal is a quarter pounder with cheese, a cheeseburger with barbecue sauce, fries, an apple pie, a Coke, and a high C orange. The only thing different about that that you can't make yourself just by ordering off their fucking menu is the barbecue sauce on the burger. Which you can make yourself if you just say can have barbecue sauce on the side. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird cross promotion, but I mean I think it I think it pays off. I mean I think it works. <laughs> I mean, people people buy it, people buy it. But the the thing that infuriates me is the fact that there's nothing special about it. And you look at Burger King 
in 2002, they did the um, the Shack Pack. It was Shaquille O'Neal's burger. And it was a sourdough bacon cheeseburger. I had it. I was, I was and still am a massive fan of Shaquille O'Neal. He's one of my personal heroes. And I bought it because it was Shaq's burger. I, at that point, I had never had sourdough bread. Didn't know what it was. <laughs> this thing has, like, I think it has uh, Swiss cheese on it. And bacon, two burgers, sourdough buns, mayo. Fucking delicious. It was my favorite thing I'd ever had in a fast food restaurant. And I love sourdough bread because of this. I used to really, really, really love Burger King back then. I just want to talk about Burger that. Burger King was the shit. I, I don't eat fast food anymore, but if I did, I would only eat Burger King. Yeah, Burger King was amazing from about 2002 till about 2009. There was just a, just a hot streak of great menu items, and their prices were great. And they just had a lot of great limited-time sandwiches. Man. And they had, they had the better fries over mcdonald's i still believe that they had some they have some great fries some really good ones man i miss them but like i it's it's just bizarre to me that they they do these meals mcdonald's where instead of creating something new for a limited time they just don't they just bring shit off the meal i think the bts meal is like a six-piece nugget and a burger It had like some kind of special sauce. I think was the was the one hook on that one. I believe because I was curious a, about it. I was like, "What did these nine men eat?" Burger King has done like the rodeo burger, which is a burger with barbecue sauce and onion rings on it. I don't know what that has to do with a rodeo, but that's just what it was called. The Shack Pack was only available during this promotion, and I remember going to Burger King when it was not there anymore and asking for it, and they're like, "We don't do that anymore," and I was sad. Yeah, they dropped a lot of their stuff. I broke my heart when they were, got rid of the uh, the stacker for a long time, but I think it's back. I I haven't had fast food in twelve years, but I have been tempted to go to Burger King and get an Impossible Whopper. Oh, I tried one actually. It was pretty good. That is that, how how much was it? Shit, I don't recall. I mean, it was a couple of years ago. Was it? Uh less than 10 i think it was i think it maybe i pay i think maybe i got out of there with 9.99 or something maybe it wasn't i don't know see like that is the reason why i want to try it is because i love impossible burgers i'm a vegetarian i love impossible meat but that is by far the cheapest place to get an impossible burger it has to be yeah it probably is let's see let's look it up let's do some free advertising for uh Let's Go see. to BurgerKing.com slash armbar <laughs> to get the armbar burger. Let's see. Let's see. Check available. It's an impossible burger with with bacon, which is what my wife and I call vegan bacon. Hey, I like and, it. And diet cheese that isn't quite melted. I wish there was. But it's hot. I wish I was lived closer to a Burger King. Let's see. Let's look. Let's order the. Let's order from here. Let's just order just the sandwich. Now we'll get a. We'll get a small combo with fries it is Do they still sell it 969 yeah they still have it that's not bad no it's not it really isn't that's a combo too the sandwich only is 629 see that's a damn good deal that's at the union burger king for some reason that's where i i, I am that is not the closest one to you yeah i don't know why that was <laughs> it, 
But, uh, yeah, I don't have anything else to talk about. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? I don't. I was trying to recall if there was any more things that, like, fired off in my neurons about Dynamite, but I forgot. Oh, I never talked about the women's segment, so I will. The Ruby segment was pretty good. Uh, maybe she'll have something new to do with her character. I thought that was a fine promo. She sounded legit mad a couple times. It was a You People promo, for sure. There was a part during it where, uh, Taz talked shit to Tony Giovanni, even though Tony Giovanni wasn't there. Oh, he always gets his ass. Their their commentary is so funny. That thing, the fucking thing where their the audio fucked up and they were like somehow broadcasting the entire arena or whatever. Yeah, it's like it's the angels talking to you, Tony. God damn it, Taz um, is amazing. I just want to say before we get going, I just logged on to Facebook and people you may know is Max Tyler, who is uh, Max Jacob. Friedman. Oh wow, he's a nerd. That's awesome. You should add him. People you may know because they have mutual friends of uh, Cole Raderick and this dude Garrett from DDP Yoga, and his profile picture is him and his and his cat. I don't know if you can see it that well. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah. it's actually, not a bad picture. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll add him just to get a message that says "Leave me alone." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, for Armbar the One Thousand Fourth Wrestling Podcast, I am Todd Suliano, and I'm Colt. And we'll see you, cool kids, later.